On behalf of Cybernet IQ and Kerasoft, we would like to welcome you to our first session of our Threat Hunting Masterclass, How to Make Sense of the Who, Why, and What in the Wire, where Joe Cummins, CEO at Cybernet IQ, will walk listeners through examples where those in command are making the best use of attack surface analysis platforms, as well as harnessing the capabilities that can be found by making better use of the current cybersecurity effort. It is quite a daunting challenge these days to make sense of what the cybersecurity posture is for a lot of these organizations. More importantly, this is a quick cross-section of the majority of the cybersecurity products right now in the market. Each one of them has a different role to play within the existing community. However, what we have found so far is that there is a lot of fractured understanding of what's in the network who has what data where, but also how those security products are being utilized uh, to the best of their abilities, and in most cases, they're not. And that really kind of frames up where we start off with our conversation around how best to understand and, and how to live off the land in terms of what threat hunting is. And for the most of the teams that are on the call today, I, I know firsthand uh, what you're experiencing because it's something that we encounter on the regular with a lot of the teams that we've interacted with over the past uh, 12 or so years uh, in both a, a product capacity, but also in a services capacity and how they make the best use of that information. Now, to put that in context, this is just a great example of what a, a current uh, organization we're working with. This is what their cybersecurity posture looks like from a, a tool perspective in relation to their existing landscape in terms of their, their attack surface. So they're, they're using a plurality of different products uh, on the market today to be able to give themselves a bit of insight into what's actually happening. However, one of the things that's really kind of revealing to me is that there is this huge security investment. However, there is limited crosstalk across all these different products to be able to synthesize what is actually happening at a grassroots level inside of the environment. And how I know this is that this is not an uncommon problem. In fact, the entire sector from both the defense uh, military industrial base all the way through to uh, wastewater, water sanitation, uh, energy, oil and gas, uh, nuclear, they're all facing the same challenge, which is there is an incredible fog within the existing cybersecurity understanding for these organizations to chew through. And it usually falls into three different buckets. And again, bucket number one, visibility. Most organizations have no idea what's actually going on inside of their network. And that's a massive daunting challenge for them. Second is, again, understanding the proximity and priorities between all these different shifting devices in this highly evolving ecosystem. It's always incredibly complicated for them to understand what's happening uh, at a kind of wire level. And then in a third bucket, there is this concept right now, which is kind of signal versus noise. There is far too much garbage mixed up with the raw, good data traffic that we rely on as threat hunters to be able to understand what's actually going on at a wire level. So just in terms of the bigger kind of overall understanding of what's inside and what's happening, it's incredibly challenging for these same teams to make sense of it when, again, they're, they're rubbing up against these three different boxes and trying to figure out exactly which end is up and being able to make the best use of that information is incredibly compelling. So a, a lot of this masterclass is really going to touch on how to make the best use of these three different challenge problems 
and how to kind of flip them on their head and actually take advantage of what they might be able to reveal. And the way that we do this is actually with a methodology that we have been at the forefront of building with our public safety partners and our defense partners. And that is to really kind of have this full spectrum understanding of what the current situation is on the ground today. And that always starts off when you can with packet traffic. That really is the lowest common denominator when you're actually talking about what the organization's uh, ecosystem looks like. If you can get packet traffic, you've got 90% of what you would need in order to start that hunt mission and be able to actually build off of that uh, as you continue to pinwheel around and, and gain more information and knowledge about the, the data sets that are inside of that organization. That the second phase is always gonna be the segmentation of that information. And that comes in the flavor of firewall configurations. And that can run the gambit from your Palo Altos to your Cisco's, your Fortinet's, whatever. We have seen organizations that have standardized on one. We've seen organizations that have a plurality of different vendors. Uh, again, it is incumbent on us as the, the Hunt Forward team to be able to make the best use of that information and to be as agnostic as possible by being able to understand where that appliance fits, how it's been configured, why it's been configured that way, and to really kind of frame up our understandings around this network, around that specific segmentation information. The second piece, of course, is that vulnerability feed wherever possible. Now, I, I say wherever possible, knowing full well that not all of the teams that we work with can always have such a robust scan process within their existing security methodology. It's just some of them are switched on and, and geared up. Some of them are just not there. So again, we try to help out by being able to either insert the vulnerabilities or being able to consolidate the vulnerabilities with other tool sets that might be in use, either commercial ones or uncommercial ones. But in this sense, being able to live off the land and make better sense of what the different devices are behaving and how they're behaving, that vulnerability feed always adds in greater color to the context of what's there. In a similar dimension, same as the SIM and log traffic, this can be just about, I think there's about 130, 140 different log tra uh, generation methodologies out in the wild today. There's also 500, 600 different types of flavors of log traffic that we've encountered to date as well. So again, it, it has a very wide reaching ability to integrate your SIM information and consolidate, concentrate that information into your hunt process. Also being able to make better use of that information and assimilate it with other devices that are inside the network that you've been able to synthesize or, or create that composite view with that packet traffic, incredibly valuable, highly uh, flavorful in terms of understanding what's there. And then lastly, or rather uh, second to last is, is being able to overlay those indicators of compromise together with all of that full data stack so that you have the ability to understand and ascertain exactly who's who in the zoo and then being able to understand exactly who is both vulnerable or potentially compromised because of that specific information that's been able to be overlaid against that existing data set. And then lastly, being able to enrich that same data source or rather that data stack with additional third-party sources is incredibly valuable for the Hunt Ford operation. 
And that in and of itself allows me to build out this fully synthesized data set and create a much more comprehensive understanding of what's actually in the network. And 90% of our hunt forward operation starts with just being able to glean uh, these different products or these different data sources and amalgamate them for the first time into a single attack surface platform. And in this case right now, this is how we build it. So again, I start off with a machine learning engine at the very starting point. It is what underpins everything else. From that, we provide data enrichment into that same container, as well as real-time feeds from all those different aggregation tools. And then we start to model in and add in on top of it, that graphing engine and that graphing library to be able to create a defense in depth approach. Like you see here right now with all those different ICS environments, uh, all assimilated into one specific view, and then be able to provide that enriched picture for that hunt forward team or that, that claw operator. So with, with that in mind, what I'd like to talk about in this case right now is the current approach. So the way we're doing it today is, is very cumbersome. It is quite clunky in terms of what we do on a day-to-day. -day. And that is very limited. It is focused off of individuals. There is a reliance on the human. And that in and of itself provides a, an incredible level of bias, also provides a, an incredible level of potential pitfalls and problems that many teams might not necessarily be aware of. In and of itself, the gaps and overlaps that we have found within the current ICS and IT environments that are in use today, there is an incredible level of what I call incoherence. Data that is uh, bubbling up to the top that, that doesn't really make a lot of sense and requires a lot of human CPU cycles to make best use of that or, or to make it any sense of what that information reveals. And that cybersecurity big data challenge is not fun. And I say that as being somebody who spent uh, the vast majority of my career in the trenches and actually doing that thing. It is incredibly complicated, especially when you're working with tools that are either antiquated, not providing enough information, or just not rendering that information properly to make the best use of it. Spreadsheets in this case are, are not your friend. And sometimes because of not having enough proper tooling in the, uh, in the hunt forward team, you start relying on things like an Excel spreadsheet, which can be very, very monotonous and, and quite consuming. So with that, that's where I like to kind of flip the script on itself. And again, I'd like to focus on things that matter most. So I like to be able to provide an incredible level of resolution. And what I mean by that is I provide a depth of field to the hunt team when I actually go out and perform my assessment or when I'm back behind the wire and I'm looking to assimilate my data set to make the best use of that information at the SOC level, or perhaps I'm, I'm helping out the red team or maybe the blue team make best use of the information that they're providing. As that threat hunter, I know that I have a mission specifically around making those more effective decisions faster. And of course, I want to be able to bridge the gap or reduce that gap from exposure to closure in a timely manner. So I can do that by providing greater context and ultimately greater actions based off of a refined tradecraft or a refined model. And, and all of these things come together as part of a hunt team. And again, I, I don't want to belabor the point too badly, 
but there is a lot of things that can uh, go right, especially when you have all these different tools talking simultaneously. It is incredibly powerful when you have a one single platform that can actually interpret the information required to provide that, uh, that understanding of what's actually in the data and be able to make best use of it. So I am always thrilled when that comes together and works together nicely. So with that in mind, I thought I would switch over just briefly to this, which is all about being able to understand the, the cybersecurity flywheel, this big data flywheel within the context of threat hunting. So again, for the threat hunter, we need to be able to provide a, an incredible level of very crisp, either structured or unstructured data to the team to be able to enrich or rather to be able to make best use of what is there today. And that can come from enriching sources. It can come from a wide variety of different elements, but suffice it to say, once you have the best flavors of data, you can actually make more with that. It's a raw ingredient that we require in order to uh, provide the best possible understanding to our, our current context. And that's when we kick off again uh, onto the next evolution, which is br bringing that, that context to that data set through different, and I use this term kind of widely here, lenses. So again, being able to perceive the data set and how it is providing context to the information already revealed also helps us reveal the overall cybersecurity situation on the ground. In a similar dimension, that better context allows us to make more refined, better decisions based off of existing policies. We might also want to be able to push those policies down in terms of being able to enrich that picture or maybe even trying to do something with that from an operational perspective. And then, of course, it lends itself incredibly well to making more better actions at the outset so those events and those individuals who are, are in a position of authority can actually execute tradecraft and solve some of those challenges with greater fluidity. So it's, it's never about just kind of holding the data or isolating the data in, in a static container or just kind of sitting on it. It, it needs to be extrapolated. It needs to be merged with other sources of information to make the best possible use of it. And that's why I, I really believe strongly in this, this data flywheel. Now, most team members that we talk to have this challenge, which is really kind of when they're talking about hunting and threat hunting, they want to be able to understand exactly where that fits into the overall uh, understanding of where their current, uh, their, their current deployments are. And for myself, I, I always think about threat hunting in the, in the context of really my, my battle school training when I was back in the military and being able to understand the, the difference between the outside and the inside or the high ground versus the, the low ground in terms of the cybersecurity understanding. So again, for me, the attack surface is all about being able to understand what is currently active inside the network. And that is just like a topographical map, being able to perceive the high ground and then being able to understand where the attack is going to come from is key in order to helping the threat hunting team make the best use of the why and the how that is inside of this data set itself. So with that organizational security mindset put in place, I want to be able to create defensive paradigms or defensive structures where I know that I can create areas of control and that I can position my, my best placement of, of different teams elsewhere. And then I can actually start to create these high severity, low severity areas. I can start to map out the proximity to exposure 
and then the segmentation evolution all the way through through this data set. So I'm no longer held up by any type of organizational deficiencies. I can actually see the full data set and I can actually highlight areas of gap and areas of overlap. And to me, that's that's incredibly powerful when you can actually reveal that, that landscaping that way. And that brings me to really what I consider to be the holy grail of threat hunting, which is the speed of the analyst. For me, as an operator, I love being able to hear from teams that are using Claw or that are doing that hunt forward process that they're making the best use of their data and they are able to move at a pace, at a speed that is quite accelerated compared to their peers. And that can be from a number of different dimensions, but the one thing that I find that works well is that we're always providing additional context to every one of those different teams from that data set reveal. And it starts with the very basics in terms of that threat hunting technique and that, that trade craft, which starts off with this uh, these, these six basic buckets of what I consider threat hunting to be. So you've, you've got your baselining, then you're able to do your adversary modeling, then you start with this hunt and investigate process, and then you pivot into that TTP analysis, wrap up with some indicators development, and that can be through workshopping or another type of, of attack surface tool. And then, of course, you disseminate that information to the remaining teams in that, that space or, or harvest that same information from that space. But being able to a model or being able to amalgamate those six different buckets is incredibly valuable for me as a security operator. And that's that's really kind of the, the background behind where we have seen CLAW kind of take off as a tool to, hop, to, to help the threat hunting team uh, do the best work that they have. And with that in mind, the different teams that make up that Hunt for team are typically broken into these three categories. And again, a heavy emphasis on the threat hunting as itself, but keep in mind that both SecOps and SecEng also play a role as well. SecOps in the context of being able to provide greater operational capabilities to that same information. SecEng in the form of being able to either remediate or being able to eliminate or enable some of those tools or, or appliances that are currently deployed, uh, or maybe even just tighten up some of those rule sets that are already active inside of the environment itself to really kind of help out what's there and what's up and what's down. So again, keeping that type of stuff in mind is incredibly compelling when you're doing your, your threat hunting techniques. So for uh, use cases, I'm a big believer in being able to show the threat hunting team what's active inside of the existing environment using that hunting technique uh, that we just covered off, but also being able to model the same data set so that we can actually show from a team member's perspective uh, what the hunt for team is doing and also make better sense of what that threat hunting team data set can actually do for us. So to actually make sense of the what that we see, we use different lenses to understand what's happening at a wire level. And in this case, this is just a really good example of what we've done with a previous version of CLAW, which is our, our attack surface analysis platform that I use and that other team members are using right now to actually make sense of that data set itself. So we can actually highlight rule sets, we can highlight security controls, we can actually um, assimilate all of those different rules together and provide context to the traffic or to the vulnerability scan or to whatever 
additional indicators of compromise or additional tools that have been run in that same analysis, or be able to help disseminate that information a bit better by being able to provide visual cues, as well as that TTP analysis that we can actually enumerate some of those observables that are actually happening inside of our, our data capture itself. So, so both of those are incredibly compelling for the data set, but also for the threat hunt team itself. And we can also use the similar view or a similar lens by being able to present this more assimilated view set of what is actively happening inside of that claw environment. In this case right now, we're actually using a packet traffic capture amalgamated with some Nestus information to provide greater context and reveal a bit more about what the attack paths are for this one specific environment and how they are able to actually see the DNS malware dropping in real time with a, a TLD that did not belong to their existing their existing environment. So again, being able to see that information uh, would be incredibly challenging with the the tools that are currently out there to support the, the mission. But when you actually have a, a hunt tool proper that can assimilate that information, present context, and infuse additional insights. Uh, again, there's a lot of very powerful things that can come out of that straight away. So that's super awesome to see. The other thing that I'm I'm always excited about is being able to amalgamate additional information in, in the form of visuals in this sense that so we can actually amalgamate all of that data from that one specific hunt team, which included their, their vulnerability assessments. Their, um, they, they were using some uh, VMS technologies. They had a Cisco appliance. They pulled in some packet traffic and a SIM, four different products that would not typically talk to one another. Because they had that insight, they were able to fully map out what is happening at a wire level inside of the environment. And that's incredibly compelling to understand exactly what's happening inside of that, that analysis. And what I've been able to discover as a practitioner on a tactical level is that when teams who are, are mission focused understand that there are three different kind of base understandings, three different pillars that make up that security program, the teams, the tradecraft, and the technology, those three T's that are out there, that is incredibly powerful for that organization to see it for the first time. And that's why I'm, I'm really super stoked about being able to talk about the, the threat hunting team, where it fits in the overall stack and, and how that process can be enabled by having an attack surface analysis tool that makes the best use of that. Now, this is my world. This is where I come from. This is how I see the cybersecurity lenses that are out there right now. Being able to take a macro view of that global view and then being able to start to drill down as I increase that magnification, I'm also increasing the fidelity of that data set resolution. So I can actually see with confidence what's happening at a wire level going from a macro to a micro instantly just by being able to zoom in on those data sets itself. Uh, I've gone ahead and launched the next polling question. Again, the three pillars of cybersecurity program. And in this context right now, I have the ability to uh, amalgamate the most amount of information into these very intuitive graphs. These, these illustrations, these renderings, provide a, a very clear understanding of what's happening at a, at a tactical level inside of those organizations. 
incredibly valuable when you're doing that hunt forward approach, when you're trying to make the best use of the information that's provided, trying to contextualize the who, the what. Again, just like a, a game of cybersecurity clue, it's Colonel Mustard with the candlestick in the kitchen. I want to be able to give confidence to the security operators and the warfighters who are looking at this information and trying to make the best sense of what's actually there at a tactical level. Not always easy, but again, being able to assimilate that information and consolidate it into a single lens is incredibly cool. And I'm, I'm really thrilled about that. I'll, I'll just pause here for just a half second uh, and just talk about uh, the evolution of threat hunting tools that exist today. So I, I've been looking at threat hunting as the mission now for quite some time. Uh, it's one of the things that I'm really kind of very compelled uh, to build towards because I understand this space and because I've been aware of what the, the warfighter and the, the, the security operator require. And again, our understanding of the current mission has allowed us to be able to assimilate this information and get it into the people in the hands that can do the most with it. And that to me is the most valuable outcome that we can uh, snap into a lot of these different teams is that it is a technology, but also a, a methodology that is used by some of the best and brightest. So much so that we have now an ability to uh, both reduce operational load in CapEx and OpEx, but also be uh, laser focused on the mission and, and help those teams out. And why I mention that is the challenge that we were given most recently, in fact, it's still ongoing, is one of a hunt mission proper. So I've been given this challenge by our, our friends within the community, and they wanted to understand in this context, can you show me the fullest picture of the attack surface? So the first challenge for us was to highlight each one of these different interconnected systems and then start to map out how each one of those different ICS deployments inside of the, the modern warfighter would be able to relate and uh, be interconnected, either forward deployed or, or rearward deployed in terms of what the analysis would look like. And what I was really proud about being able to see was that once we had all this information, we could actually highlight systems processes, protocols that were operating inside of these networks that did not belong there. And in addition to that, we're also able to extrapolate the proximity to other sensitive equipment. And when put in full context, we can understand exactly where these different systems would be able to be disrupted, damaged, disclosed, et cetera. And that all comes from being able to understand the threat hunting methodology, being able to amalgamate that information so that we can augment the speed of the operator together. And really that that's what is super awesome about what we've been able to see so far with this, this tradecraft. Now, just briefly get a landmark some stuff for you guys on this call before we wrap up. Uh, next session will be a hands-on demonstration. It'll be a live demo on actually how to do the do. Uh, but in the meantime, just to kind of get everybody's appetite ready, uh, this is what an attack surface analysis threat hunting tool can do for us today. In this case right now, I can actually amalgamate the different devices coming from packet traffic itself, as well as the ASA, in this case, it's the Cisco appliance, and assimilate that information together. I can then start to map out different subnet zones that are crossing over different interfaces, and then ultimately to the outbound or inside of this uh, protected environment, if it is one. And then from that point onwards, be able to highlight segmentation, uh, overlay of additional context, 
or reveal proximity to sensitive environments within that same data set. And uh, this illustration is made in reality this way. So I can actually visualize the hops that a typical packet would take uh, without not necessarily being on that network. I might be in an offline uh, configuration or whatever the case might be, but at least from that vantage point, I can make the best use of what I see uh, with that information in real time. So wrapping up quickly, super impressed with what we've been able to do so far from a who, what, and where in terms of what that data set looks like, but also have a clear line of sight on what the different elements are, create the ticketing, create the TTPs, and then be able to reveal those, those IOCs across the different segments of the environment. And yeah, really excited about that. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information on how Kerasoft or Cybernet IQ can assist your organization, please visit www.kerasoft.com or email us at cyberneteq@kerasoft.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.